the Yak Babies. Sex, Presidents, and Sometimes Books. Welcome to Yak Babies, the only podcast on the internet sponsored by Orca Pops for the whale taste that lasts. My name's Aaron. Here's my personal pals, Brick. Cheese Pops. <laughs> okay, not happy <laughs> with that. And we have Nico as well. Uh, is that made from uh, whale milk? <laughs> or the Orca Pops? <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of possible angles on this whale farm I'm working on. <laughs> Today we're talking about plot twists on Yank Babies. We talk about plot a lot on this podcast, and uh, the plot twist is, you know, uh, a convention of fiction storytelling that can be uh, delightful and can also be abused. And we want to sort of get into maybe both angles or both extremes of this uh, phenomenon. I know as a teacher who sometimes teaches creative writing, Students fucking love plot twists. <laughs> Young yeah. creative development writers think plot twists are the bee's knees. Turns out a lot of and, people do. Well, yeah, right. <laughs> and I get why. I get because it's exciting. And when a plot twist works on you, there's almost nothing better because you are, uh, it like reorganizes your thinking about you know yourself and the text and the experience. It's really fun. But when done poorly, it's almost like nothing's worse because it just sours a whole experience and you feel like you've been taken for a ride and it's not fun. So it's a really delicate balance. Students almost never manage it properly, obviously, but that's okay. They're, they're learning to That's grow why they're writers. learning. Yeah. Yeah. So Nico, I just want to start with the big one. It sounds like you have a, a particularly bad plot twist that you want yeah. to share with us. I want to, I want to start in the, in the ground. In the, in the doldrums and then we can work way out. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, so... I read this book recently this past week called I Have Some Questions for You. It just came out. It's by Rebecca Mackay. It just came out earlier this year, and I hated it. I hated it okay. uh, for plot-related reasons. So this is mm-hmm. – so Rebecca Mackay, you, you might have heard of her book, The Great Believers, which was nominated for the Pulitzer Prize five years ago, roughly. That's that's her, like, notable book. Uh, and so then this is, like, her next book after that. So – it is a deconstructed mystery, which means that it tells you who the killer is right away. Um, okay. And that is different from – a little bit different from an open mystery. So an open mystery is like an episode of Columbo or uh, Poker Face, if you guys oh. have heard of Poker Face, where it shows you who who does the crime in the beginning of the episode. And then it shows you the detective trying to figure it out. But you know the entire time who's done it, and you're just following yeah. the detective. I love Columbo. I've heard that described as how catch him as opposed to a who done it. Yeah. It's you like you're, yeah. you're looking to figure out like how does the detective solve this case versus like what's the right. solution. Yeah. And what they do about it and like how they yeah. And yeah, in poker face it's like does she catch the guy? Does she just like call the cops and bounce? Does she what does she do? Right. And so that that is a specific kind of mystery that is you know, time tested, but it has to, it has to use that to create suspense. Hmm. And so then there's this new, this, this kind of literary device, which is like, I want to write a mystery, but I'm, I am not going to deign to try to make it suspenseful. So I'm going to tell you who, who the killer is. And then the whole thing is about the characters of the killer and the, the investigator. The investigation is nothing to do with it. Um, a notable recent one was Notes on an Execution, which starts from the killer's execution is coming up in like two days or whatever. And it shows his perspective. He's trying to convince you that he's not a bad guy. And then it shows like the women in his life, his mother, his his uh, uh, 
childhood friend, etc., the the detective who's trying to catch him. And that was well written, but uh but really the just the fucking the mystery part of it is just often so weak with these things. So in notes and execution, the detective just stalks the killer, basically. She knows who it is. She just follows him around for 10 years. <laughs> That's all she does. And then finally he kills somebody else and he basically lets himself get caught. She has nothing to do with it. So the entire right. time you're following her, she's like doing nothing except like describing her feelings about not being able to catch this guy. And then he, he basically lets himself be caught. Um, uh, but I still think that was well done because it was like well written. I have some questions for you. It's very similar. It's it's uh, it's about a this twenty five year old murder. This this uh, uh, the woman who's the perspective character is the it's like her roommate from college who was killed or from high school and it was a boarding high school. Uh, she's killed when she's seventeen, and they arrest a guy, this black man who works on the high school staff, and they so it's like heavily inspired by serial. They also then make a podcast 25 years later trying, trying to get the guy exonerated. And that's what the I Have Some Questions for You it, it gotcha. comes from. It's a true crime podcast, which is it's like the fucking fourth true crime podcast <laughs> book I've read this year. Stop writing true crime podcast books. Jesus. That sounds really dire. Yeah. Um, so the book is addressed. Stop writing true crime podcast yeah. books and write literary podcast books about personal pals those there are you fun. Go. yeah <laughs> so yeah uh if you are interested in, in reading it god be with you skip the next like five minutes because i'm going to spoil the whole Ooh. thing so this it's addressed to mr block the music <laughs> teacher like it repeatedly refers to mr block with an h because you're a block so, not quite oh wait we can't we, <laughs> we gotta bleep don't that whole say that thing out. <laughs> no, no significance to that whatsoever yeah. <laughs> I think your last name is on our Twitter. I think it is, yeah. <laughs> it's totally it's fine. I realize it's uh, absurd to be worried about. Uh, so it's addressed to Mr. Block, the music teacher. It talks about how, like, people uh, talk about how creepy he is and all this stuff. So right. it is heavily implying that he did it. And, like, so the entire – that happens on page 60 when it kind of lays out that Mr. Block is the you – that the book is addressed to, that she is talking to. She's It's like one big long letter to Mr. Block about right. how creepy she was, about how the perspective character saw her roommate with him, like, and they were like not quite holding hands, but they were clearly together. And he clearly had inappropriate relationships, blah, blah, blah. Uh, then he later like fucked off. And after the woman was, after the girl was killed, he fucked off and like le went to Bulgaria and like teaches there now and nobody can find him. So it's like, it sets it up that, that this is the guy on page 60. And it just lets that be your assumption until page 400 when it pulls the rug out. And it's like, it right. wasn't actually Mr. Block. It was her boyfriend. And it's like, okay, it's the most it's the most frustrating plot twist I have read in several years because it's like it, it's not that the evidence that made me think that it's Mr. Block. It's the fucking book. Like the book basically told me right, right. it's Mr. Block. Right. Mr. Block is the killer. Mr. Block is the killer. Right. Oh, 
and then he pulled the rug out, and it's like, Mr. Block isn't the killer. You assumed that he was the killer. It's like, I didn't fucking assume he was the killer. You told me he was the killer. You told me specifically. Yeah. Just, just to lie to me. Like, just so you're manufacturing a twist in the construction of the book and not in the construction of the mystery. And then what, what also, it absolutely ruins between pages 60 and page, page 400. It ruins it because they're doing all this shit that's like they're getting medical records and they're going through medical records. And it's like, I, I already right. no, that think Mr. Block is the guy. Like, you, right. you told me. Like, you don't need all this fucking mountain of evidence. And also, what's what's absolutely crystal clear, and so then the second half of the book, or the last third, basically, it's called part two. It's like starts on page three fifty. Book is way too long, too. It's four hundred fifty pages. But so the the second part is about the the retrial of the black uh, staff member who was convicted of a right. crime, and we know for damn sure that he's not guilty. Like we know for damn that is crystal clear. That never changes. So then to have this whole thing happen and then like he just doesn't he doesn't get uh right he he doesn't get a retrial so he's just fucked and they don't catch the killer and it's like okay yeah what the fuck was this like i just it the whole thing is just it's it's i mean it's so much is cribbed from cereal right but it seems like a like a long way around just telling a relatively straightforward story about injustice and the like the way that investigations and the justice system are unfair yeah and that's that's also the title i have some questions for you it's like and she tries to pose a lot of questions like is it you know is it bad for a 33 year old music teacher to have a relationship with a 17 year old high school student (laughs) Yeah, yeah it's it's bad and then, like, her husband has – there's a bunch of weird shit. Her husband gets canceled on Twitter for having a relationship with a gallery where her husband's an artist, and he was, like, 35. He had a relationship right. with a 21-year-old. And it's like, is that bad? It's like, I guess a little bit. Is it the same as the the music teacher? Because they're, like, mentioned in the same chapter, and they bounce back and forth. Right. It's like, no, it's way better. It's not nearly as bad as a teacher having sex with his student. So, yeah, I don't know. There's there's like a lot of those questions that are posed that I think have easy answers, which right. adds to the frustration. But the main part is that it's such a technical, it's such a procedural mystery, but it tries to be a deconstructed mystery. And it's like, if you deconstruct the mystery, the part that I am interested in is no longer the procedure. Right, or the surprise. The mystery. It is the, the character. Yeah. So the, she has like these things like interspersed where it's like, what? It could be this guy. It could be this guy. It could be me. I don't remember doing it, but it could be me. And it's, <laughs> this is a complete waste of time. Like, right. this is a, like, why? Why are you saying it could be right. you? And you just don't remember? What the fuck? Just like a lot of that kind of shit that I don't. Yeah, I don't that sounds point annoying. And that's like kind of what we were talking about before, like the, the feeling of when the plot twist is bad and you feel like you wasted your time, that sounds like a good example of that, where it's like, oh, this is just, I shouldn't have yeah. bothered because this is just ended up being stupid. <laughs> like, why did I care? Yeah. So, yeah, to bring it back to plot twists, like, so I read the first 150 pages like normal and I got to the to the chapter that starts, uh, <laughs> starts, here's a joke for you. And tells the story about, like, the last night that she saw the girl alive. And then it's like, oh, wait, the punchline was the dead girl never gets her ID because by Saturday she'll be dead. (laughs) And it's like, 
fuck. And so then I stopped reading and I skimmed the last 300 pages. And uh, because I had a suspicion that that there was going to be a twist and it wasn't actually going to be Mr. Block. And it was like, yep. And sure enough, it was the most disappointing (laughs) twist possible. Right. So I think that is, that is a terrible twist when it's like the book is, you can see the book leading you to the red herring and the book is serving up this thing that is clearly not the right answer, but, and it's like the book knows it's not yeah. the right answer. You can see it's not the right answer, and the characters right. are completely focused on it. That's that is is a is a really frustrating yeah. When it's not giving the fun of the the rush of the reveal, that's not that's not what Plato's should be for. Right? Yeah. If you're just pulling the rug out from under someone, that's not yeah fun or good. Right? I think you know a good yeah. one really needs to be kind of intentional misdirection throughout the book where the where the evidence is always there right or at least mostly there you know and and the craft of the thing needs to, to steer you to it i think that some of the maybe and I'm, i don't know if i have an example of this right away but some of the best plot twists are when you think there's one coming but then the one that comes is different right right but not 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 in a cheap way not in a oh surprise here's a character being introduced on page 350 kind of way right, right. You didn't know they had psychic powers, but actually they do. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Right. Brick, do you have any examples you can think of of ones that you've liked or are yeah. any memorable or even memorably bad plot twists that come to mind? Yeah. I mean, I've read so many bad plot twists when I do like <laughs> reviewing manuscripts and stuff, but I, sure. I, none that can come to mind. You know, I, I think I think there's some obvious ones that are like like movie ones that are that are kind of trite now, like the. I mean, not trite, but well, in M. Night Shyamalan's case, it is because it became a joke, right? But the the first time everyone saw the uh, the Bruce Willis one, the Sixth, the Sixth Sense, right? Like that that movie. Yeah. I think that's a good plot twist. That's, I do too, yeah. right? Because that movie, you can watch that whole movie and it's there the whole time, and you don't know it, and then when you know it, right? Or the Usual Suspects, right? The same deal. Yeah, it's it's there the whole time. Yeah, I yep. don't too. Fight Club. For books, and I think this one, you know, we've talked about my sort of complications in, in recommending this book because of the author, but uh, Ender's Game, when I was a kid, the the twist of that book, um, which it doesn't drop on you like a like a total bomb, it kind of like, the latter third of the book kind of reveals the twist, so it's not like a gotcha kind of thing. Right. But that, you know, when I read that when I was 12 or whatever, I was like, wow, this is really... You know, this is really this is really cool. This makes this book really really interesting for me because the even if that twist hadn't been there, most of the book would have still been interesting to me because of right. the setting and the characters and the plot that was happening. And then you find out in the in the final act that there's this whole other thing going on the whole time, and the the characters were also deceived by it, which right. which which made it really really impactful and really kind of memorable. Yeah, that's the you know it has to deepen your enjoyment of what you've already been reading or watching i think that's good anyway yeah, yeah. exactly if it's just a punchline or, or something like that then it's not it's like well you know then you're in a situation like me like, i just wasted my time yeah yeah you know i don't do you remember that game braid i don't want to i don't want to be yeah that's like a different example of a plot twist that that game was like it's like a, mm-hmm. a platformer right kind of like you jump around and like do shit and yeah, then it's one of those early indie games yeah. yeah, you can go back and forth in time. Yeah. It's like a time yeah. mechanic. And you get to the end, like, spoilers for Braid, I suppose. When you get to the end, 
you basically play the game backwards. Like you're trying to save the princess. It's a classic, like, you know, she's in another castle Mario thing. But then when you get to the end, you play the game in reverse and it, you realize that the prince has been trying to get away from you the whole time because you're a psycho, whatever. And it's like, oh, it's like, <laughs> I remember yeah. when like my friend showed me, I was like, oh, it's kind of cool. good. Yeah. <laughs> and it sort of made like the first run through the game. You're like, oh yeah, yeah. that's, it makes sense. Again, it's the same thing. I was like, you can see how going back through it, if you looked at those, you know, levels or adventures with a different angle, then yeah, it does. You know, you can see how the story is being told in a different way, which is kind of cool. I'm trying to think of literary ones. Uh, maybe this is revealing about me and my tastes, I guess. But I mostly can think of movies <laughs> that have twists that I've liked or not liked. But one that comes to mind that is literary is Watchmen. It has a big twist. Mm. And I yeah. guess maybe it's not a plot twist, but more just like a, a big reveal. I guess it's kind of a plot twist. What, that the rich guy is Yeah, evil? the Ozymandias is the the yeah. one who did everything. I guess it's like a, I guess it counts as, because he's a hero. You think he's a hero yeah. for the most of the book. You sort of really, he's a bad guy. A good example of that's also the the deception of that is built into the, you know, like the things fake, you know, yeah. so that yeah, exactly, and it's also one where the clues are all there for sure. When you go back and read it, and you see like, oh yeah, all this stuff is, you know, you can sort of see how it's been put together. But uh, I was spoiled on Watchmen before I ever read it because I was reading wizard magazine and they had they talked about it constantly and so i knew this like big twist was coming i didn't really know what the context was for it but i knew that ozymandias was the bad guy and so when i got to it as a kid i was like oh yeah here's that famous moment cool but i like was robbed of the punch of, <laughs> of this big reveals right. i wish you could go back sure but i i think a good plot twist you know and we, we talked sure. about this on the spoilers episode way back i think a good plot twist is still good even if you know it's coming Totally. Right? And, like, obviously the first time is the best time. But, you know, I think a, a, a book or a movie or whatever that has a good good twist uh, welcomes reading or, or, or watching it again without, you know, if it's just a punchline, once you see it, you never need to see it again. Yeah. Uh, versus, you know, I think if it's if it's crafted well and it's it's constructed around that, there's there's value in, in a second or maybe a third kind of go through to... to yeah. To watch it differently, right? Or, right? or 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 read it. I mean there's value in it, but it's a different experience. Yeah. yeah. A better one. A, I, 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 like I, watching the usual yeah. Yeah. Like watching the usual suspects the second time you can watch for verbal be- becoming being Kaiser Soze. Right. And that's different than being surprised by it at the end. Like that's that's a completely different Yeah, experience. I mean yeah. the it's like there's an endorphin rush with the first one, right? It's why like the Sure. You know, like, I mean, you're right. I totally agree with you, Brick, that obviously I've read Watchmen a million times and I still love it whenever I read it and I, I get more and more out of it. But there's, there is an experience of reading that book that I can never fully get, which is the, the, the endorphin rush of the surprise. Like I got when I saw Six Sense the first time and it hadn't been right. spoiled for me and I was genuinely blown away by it. I was like, holy fuck, right. really? Like that, it's a, I guess it's you can call it cheap, I think, which is maybe accurate, but it does get you. And, and when it works like that, you're like, this is really exciting and then mm-hmm. yes yeah. if, it's a, if the text is worth its salt you can go back to it and you see more and i this is like the sixth sense is a good movie and worth watching even when you know what's coming that's why people also will describe things right. like wanting to watch a movie with a person to see them experience it or recommend a book to someone and seeing what they'll say about the surprise you want to 
almost like get a taste of reliving it vicariously through them when they sort of reveal their yeah. unless the plot twist is Dave doesn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dave comes and shits on your favorite book on the podcast. He goes <laughs> <laughs> So one of the best thrillers I read last year was by Alice Feeney, and there's it's called Rock Paper Scissors, and spoilers for Rock Paper Scissors. But the so there's three different perspectives in there's like a man, a woman, and then these journal entries, and you think that the journal entries are the woman's like previous, you know, back when she was married or whatever. Uh, and then it turns out the big plot twist is that the journal entries are written by the ex-wife a different character and she is like stalking them and she's like about to about to kill them great plot twist i thought and then i read one of alice feeney's or other books and she used the same structure <laughs> she did the same twist twice it's like no it doesn't work a second <laughs> i was time. looking for it this time <laughs> yeah it's it's like the the Shyamalan guy yeah. right you already know like he's had other good yeah. movies than the sixth sense but yeah. You you sort of go into it expecting that, right? And you know, I guess there's probably some yeah. fun and like, what's the twist going to be? But uh, it's not yeah. the same. Yeah. Well, it's not the same because his his other twists aren't as good. Yeah. Not as perfectly <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes. And you're you're not as yeah. It becomes a genre trap as opposed to a surprise where you're like the yeah. genre of M Night Shyamalan movies are they have a twist, and so now I think it's it's happening right. to yeah. some extent to Jordan Peele. I think he's doing a better job of avoiding what the the trap that Shyamalan fell into. But after Get Out, everyone was like, "Okay, so you go to a Jordan Peele movie and your like eyes are wide open, looking for every fucking thing that might have some sort of meaning, so you can get ahead of the surprise, right?" Because Get Out, yeah. again, has like one of the, right. one of the best yeah. I think surprise or plot twists in a movie, and had that same thing of like if you didn't know, I didn't I didn't have a spoiler, thank God. And the first screening of it was electric. Like uh, it's the only time I've ever stood up and clapped during a movie because I was so excited by what happened at the end. Like everything about that movie is so exciting. Yeah. And remind me what happens. I, I I forgot. I mean, I I remember that it's like the white. They're uh, they're all the racist. Yeah. And it was I wasn't was clapping at that part, <laughs> but I was clapping. <laughs> <laughs> really got him. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> at the end when he escapes from the house and he's like he's been like he's been shot or whatever and he's like crawling on the ground and then you see the car approaching you see the blue and red lights of the cop car and you're like fuck the cops are gonna come get him and it's like you're because you've been if you understand i guess you know sociology like you know what to expect the cops are gonna you know shoot him or take him to jail he's like he's doomed right cops are the right, most exactly, racist the ones of all and then yeah. it turns out to be his friend, Lil Rel, who was in the TSA, he was just in his like TSA cop car or whatever, and he saves him. And you're like, oh my, and that the, it's a plot twist that's a relief, which is, I think, rare. Usually the plot twists are like the kind of mm. negative. This was like a surprising yeah. positive one. Right. And it was like, the release yeah. was incredible. It feels so good because you're happy. You want these people to live. You want Chris to live. Yeah. Uh, and Lil Rel is a very winning presence. Um, so it worked like that. Yeah. But then, so when Us came out, uh, his follow-up to get out people and, and myself included went to the theater thinking like okay let's find the codex we're gonna solve this movie mid movie and see what it's all about and us i think is a less successful script right. but it's a pretty good movie and it's a really thrilling and, and sort of viscerally affecting movie but it doesn't quite have the same the plot twist in us is not as compelling and i think that some of the disappointment that people express about us is 
based on like not being able to decode it uh, the way that Get Out decoded itself for you, right? Yeah. Was and, yeah. and Nope, I think, was a way to to swerve around that, which is good. Uh, people still didn't like Nope for various reasons, and I, I get some of those. But I think that Nope was a really fun movie, and really, there is a twist in that, but a twist is, I don't know, it's less... It's, it's a good one. It makes sense, and it so deepens the story in an interesting way. Yeah. And you're not quite as... I don't think I was... At least I wasn't as primed to be like, I got to solve this one. I just wanted to watch a good movie, and I had a better yeah. experience with it. I think there is a whole... There is an art form to the to the plot twist, especially totally. like the the like one last yeah. twist, which uh, which I think is good. I read, a, I read a book a couple months ago that was pretty good, and it was about this this woman who's like the victim of this killer and her friends are are there and she was like 10 or something and she's not sure that the guy who they convicted of it that she testified against is the killer and immediately i was like the guy who found her in the woods is in on it i know that like we know we know that and i'm not sure that the author intended to make that obvious but it was pretty odd because like what the fuck how else is he in the woods like of course he's he's one and he's like her hero and like she loves him and blah 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 and then it turns out that yes he was in on it but then the bigger twist is that one of her friends was Mm. in on it and her friend that was supposedly watching was actually the one that was stabbing her so that is uh that was a good that was like a good a great like one more twist yeah that's similar to Scream's twist, right? The sort of twist on Scream. It's the boyfriend, but also yeah. it's uh, what's his face, Matthew Lillard, like his friend too. And you're like, oh, it's also that yeah. guy. That's like a like double twist too. Yeah, yeah, those are great. So for literary twists, what what uh, came to my mind was uh, Cavalier and Clay. Wow, you guys read that? It's there's like a so the the whole time you it's Cavalier and Clay are the two comic book writers, and you're you're thinking that the title refers to them. And then Cavalier marries Clay's sister. And then at the end, I think the Clay brother writes them like a comic book that's like The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay, meaning the two of them. And it's like right. recontextualizes the title. And it's like, oh, the, you know, we thought it was ending, but it's just starting for them. And right. It's a nice one. Yeah. That's that brings up a good point, too, which is that a lot of the examples we've been bringing up, either both the good and the bad are genre, right? They're are fewer, I think, good examples of plot twists in literary... At least maybe just not thinking of them, but I don't think there are. With literary fiction, because literary fiction is just a bit more... It's not as plot-heavy right. like we discussed before. Because, yeah, the plot twist needs a f- more firm ending, and literary books tend to want to have the ending be like up to interpretation. Yeah, right. For like, better or worse. The plot twist in Rabbit Run is that <laughs> like, Rabbit is actually... a a human rabbit hybrid and you didn't know that before. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I would reread it if that was <laughs> I was also thinking about like in serial fiction, like when you said like the, the author who repeated the twist from before and you knew to look for it and it wasn't as fun that time. Uh, an example of that that's like different in a weird way is like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> like when you realize the formula of Scooby-Doo, which is a show built on like mystery reveals and plot twists basically right. and that like the first person they talk to who's not the celebrity guest star is always the the person who did who's dressed up as the monster and then you like you hear that as a 
joke but then you watch scooby-doo and you're like no it's true that was just was the formula yeah it's kind of satisfying to see it play out you're like every single time that's how it's gonna be yeah and it's meant for kids so it's not you know kids aren't maybe gonna catch up on that as easily or you know i don't know but you're not supposed to watch it as a 40 year old adult but you can <laughs> it's available <laughs> that's one of the pleasures of watching it as an adult is being like yeah man there's like keep going there's the formula just like yeah fits every single time and it's like becomes right. a strange satisfaction of watching the gears click into place yeah, well, there, so there used to be like Agatha Christie and Dorothy Sayers and and those people did had like specific rules yeah, that right. they obey, and and one of them was like the killer cannot be introduced in the last half of the book. He has to be somebody that's there in the first half. Yeah, and that that Scooby Scooby Doo kind of takes that to an extreme. It's like it's just gonna be the first guy. Yeah, it just time. makes it into like literally just like a factory setting. Yeah, um, yeah. and he also looks like a bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. Though. It's I think, like he's wearing a mask. Yeah. I like. I like it too. <laughs> it's just yeah. his face. I think that uh, if you're a writer who's going to work on a plot, that you should have rules. I think that it should like you should sort of set up yeah. some standards for yourself, so you're not doing those things that that would be tempting to just introduce the Deus Ex Machina or whatever yeah. to have the crappy like it was the boyfriend all along thing that you didn't know he was a boyfriend until two pages ago. Yeah, and it's just things that make it feel like it's not cheap. Like it's not a. It's, it makes it feel more satisfying. Yeah. Um, there's a book I read recently called Everybody in My Family Has Killed Somebody. Oh, yeah. And I think I talked about it on yeah. What Are We yeah. Reading, but... Mm-hmm. It's a great title. It's based It's based on the... Uh, yeah, it's based on those, like, Agatha Christie, Dorothy Sayers rules. I forget the guy that actually wrote the rules, but he's, like, was in their circle. And it is explicit with those. It's like, that's the first thing in the book. It's like, these are the rules. These are the rules that this mystery is going to be presented Right. Die. And right. it's and he obeys them. It's like when once somebody gets crossed off the list, they're off the list. Right. It's not I'm not fucking with you. I'm not telling you that somebody has an alibi when they don't. And that and that makes it satisfying when it and then it's like, yep, the answer like obeys all the rules. And it is satisfying. Yeah, like if you're gonna play a game, play fair, and then the the reader will enjoy the game of it too. If you tell them what the rules are and you adhere to them, then you can both have a good time and it can be fun to write it too, as opposed to just like trying to pull the rug out. And that's what, you know, To it's unfair to pick on students, but just as an easy example of a lot of plot twists that don't work, it's because they want the plot twist to, they want the endorphin rush of it without having earned it from the thing they've developed. And it's just like, you can't, you can't just have the sugar. You got to like build it up. So it actually has the, the effect off mic i'll tell you some examples of previous ones really good well listeners let's hear your examples of good or bad plot twists we want to hear them uh you can email us at yakbabiespodcast at gmail.com and we're on the well we're off social media now we'll find some version to get back on at some point but you can also talk to us on patreon.com slash yakbabies if you go there you can join our patreon which is only one dollar a month uh, and there's all kinds of good material there. There's games, there's Brodoba conversations, there's separate podcasts, there's a whole saga where we uh, did a Halloween candy bracket a couple of years ago and really ruined our bodies in a significant way, especially mine, to test out which is the best Halloween candy of all time. That's all there for that $1. So go check it out. And you can also talk to us there. There's a little chat function where you can send us messages and so forth. And of course, we have merch, tinyurl.com slash yakbabies where you can get access to uh, t-shirts, uh, mugs, posters, probably underwear designed by Brick that are all really funny. Uh, you know, these like really clever uh, graphics based on inside jokes on the podcast. They're fun. Check them out there. Until then, yak babies, yak off.
the Yak Babies would like to thank all the loyal listeners, and especially their patrons, both past and present, including Michael, Bonnie, Sebastian, David, Roger, Kathleen, Bailey, Andrew, Gilbert, and William Howard Taft. Hey.